This is the Amazing Education Podcast. Powered by the Ames Community School District, I'm your host, Eric Smith. On today's episode, we are joined by Interim Superintendent of Ames Public Schools, Dr. Paula Vincent. We're going to have an amazing conversation about the role of the superintendent and what she is most excited about heading into next year. Dr. Paula Vincent, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. How are you? I am well, and thank you for the invitation. I'm excited. Well, welcome to Ames. Oh my, what a great opportunity. So you are now, I mean, I have to look at my calendar here, but probably your second week as the interim superintendent That's of correct. Ames Public yes. Schools. and. I will speak on behalf of everyone in this office, but I think really the community as a whole as well. Welcome to Ames. We're you know so excited for you to be here and lead our district over the next year. Well, I am very humbled to have been invited by the board and so looking forward to the time here in Ames and back in Iowa. So I want to take you know some time early on in, in this episode just to walk through sort of your history in education. I mean, you sure. have an amazing resume. You you led Heartland AEA for several years and somehow we pulled you back into into public school here in Ames. So talk us through, you know, your your career, maybe some highlights. Well, let me just begin by saying uh, it's such a privilege and always has been to work in the field of public education. I just have such a deep belief that education always opens doors and anything we can do to help brighten that future for our children and our youth and their families, um, that I get very passionate about <laughs> that. So I see this as an extension of that work. Yeah. Just a very brief history. Um, I began in education in the Kansas City area in a suburb, Overland Park, uh, working oh, yeah. in the field of special education. Yeah. So that passion for individual children and what it takes to help them thrive um, drives my work, yeah. and that hasn't changed. So I see this as an extension of that. Uh, spent many years in the classroom, worked some in Van Horn, Iowa. Okay, so, yeah. You know, I've been in different spots, uh, been in a couple different AEAs, Grantwood AEA, Heartland AEA, the Cedar Rapids schools, yeah. uh, Clear Creek Amana. I, I might be leaving someone out, but I think that's the list. Yeah. So, so, you know, in all those situations, what has always struck me is the absolute passion that Iowa educators have yeah. for trying to make the world a little bit better place. And, and that's my hope for here in Ames, yeah. that with community help, with the board partnership with our administrative and teaching staffs, that we really can make an impact that changes the life of a child. That's what we're all about. So what was it about Ames that got you to come here? Now, I, I think maybe maybe even before we get to that, you know, we should be transparent. You're here for a year. That's right. It's an interim position. <laughs> we'll be very clear about that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I, but I think that's good. But, but uh, what was it about Ames that, that made you think this would be a great fit? Yes. Well, Ames obviously has a wonderful reputation, and the fact that we have the great resource of a Big 12 research university yeah. sitting right here, 
I grew up in Oklahoma in the back door of, I don't know if I can say this out loud, but Oklahoma State. But, but that <laughs> land-grant connection yeah. has always been special to me. Uh, our family is engaged in ranching and farming, still is. And so I've always had an affinity uh, for the land-grant universities. That, along with the Ames School District, was a very interesting proposition. Yeah. We're fortunate to have some family here in Iowa that obviously was a piece of it too, but yeah. but mostly the opportunity to hopefully give back a little bit. People have been very helpful throughout my career in mentoring and uh, helping focus on what's best for that individual child. Yeah. And if I can bring a little bit of that as Ames is in this transition, uh, it just was a situation that seemed to work, hopefully, to yeah. the mutual benefit of, of all involved. So I've, I always think about this quite often, about the energy of school buildings. And, you know, now we're in the summer, and, and that energy's not there yet. But that starting on that first day of school, when, when students come yeah. back in, and, and you touched on it some already about, you know, the passion for public schools. But, but what do you enjoy seeing once this summer gets through and we're going to have school again in August, like what do you enjoy yeah. seeing and what are you looking for when you get into buildings? Yeah, well, I can't wait. And actually, <laughs> as we finish this today, I get my first taste of getting to get inside oh, all yeah. of the buildings in the district, and I can't wait to yeah. see that. Um, but even more than that, there is an energy that is in our buildings always. So having the interaction of children yeah. and children engaged in learning um, if you're having a bad day, <laughs> you know, I know in this day and age, you can't just walk into buildings, but you should spend, arrange to spend some time yeah. in one of our buildings, whether it's with the young children or whether it's with our youth. Um, it is just so interesting and gives me such hope for our future. Yeah. You know, you just can't miss that energy, but you put that with dedicated staff, whether it is someone driving a bus, whether it is a teacher in a classroom, um, they are doing the best they can on a daily basis to make that difference. Yeah. And that that combination, um, what a privilege for all of us in public education. So I know that, and I'll speak from, from my desk, sometimes it's hard to get out of my office. You know, sometimes, sure. and, and just because there's projects going on, there's meetings that you have to have. So how do you stay connected? Yes, it, wonderful question. And uh, you know, I'm at that great spot where you really do have a clean slate, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm coming in 100%. brand new. <laughs> yeah. And in this case with the COVID situation, so you can be very planful about that. Yeah. Um, Assistant Superintendent uh, Dr. Hawkins yeah. and I were just planning yesterday about how do we keep ourselves connected to the building. Yeah. So we are setting up sometimes intentionally. I love it to work with our buildings and more more on our standpoint to make sure we have that context about what's real today. Um, you know, we have others in the system that are handling the day-to-day -day operations yeah. at the building level. But I think it's really important for us to know what are our children doing. I like to be in buildings seeing to the extent you yeah. can, asking kids, what are you doing and why? Yeah. yeah. And just listening because that gives you so much information about where we as a system and hopefully administrators can do work that helps smooth the way yeah. 
for that learning process. Do you do that with like a, lo a lot of students, like elementary, middle school, high school? It's my hope. I'm not going to promise mm -hmm. yeah. yet, but it's my hope that I'm in our buildings at least a couple mornings a week yeah. at all levels. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's important for me to understand what's the experience like yeah. for our key clients. You know, we have many, many stakeholders, but we're really here for the students. Yeah. And what is their experience truly like from their point of view? It's, um, it's pretty fun in that I use our stories as an opportunity to get into our buildings. And it was really hard last year. And so actually, yeah, it's one of the imagine. things that I'm really excited about moving forward. Absolutely. And there's something that's sort of like balancing about having an elementary student ask you who you are and what you're doing, because uh -huh. you know, like they don't care. I mean, they don't care who you are. That's they just, correct. They, you're foreign to them. Mm -hmm. So who are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, those to me are, those are wonderful opportunities. I love it. Um, you can engage with them, and one of the things that I'm always mindful of when I'm, well, really at any age, I want to know what they're thinking about their future. It's yeah. never too soon to have them thinking about what might I want to do when yeah. I grow up, and what will it take, and how could I help be in charge of my own learning. Yeah. Uh, so I try to take those opportunities, too, to talk about, did you know I read every day, <laughs> and I have mathematical responsibilities every day, and yeah. I'm so glad I got to learn about those things in school yeah. um, because I can't think of a profession now where you aren't reading, dealing with mathematics, and having to navigate how do we work together yeah. as a team member. So, you know, your second weekend, obviously, you know, you're meeting with people, you're kind of getting you know, your bearings, background information, understanding of it. Yes. Where do you, like, you know, where do you start? Where does your tenure here for the next year, and you know, yeah. how, where do you start? Well, you know, the work of schools, interestingly enough, has some very common themes. <laughs> so you're working on multiple things at the same time. One of those I'll call building context, that connection to the community. Oh, we okay. are the Ames Community School District. Yeah. So making as much contact as I can to understand uh, different interests, different points of view, different context, all of that outreach in the community. At the heart are all those things. We're getting ready to open school. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> <laughs> school will be opening here soon. So there are a ton of things around teaching and learning that you just have to always be working on. Uh, some of the givens, the operational things, what a great team I've observed so far taking care of those things. Everything yeah. from the construction projects yeah. to the planning for our new staff, those things have to be on the plate. Yeah. And so I, you know, I'm not finding that I'm running out of things to do. <laughs> You're not bored yet? I, I'm not, not bored yet. <laughs> you know, I am always amazed at all of the background work that happens during the summer. And I oftentimes get asked this question, like, you know, is it is it – you know, is it lighter for you right now? No, no, actually it gets lighter like when school starts, you know, because yes, you always yes. have these summer lists yeah. of things yeah. to do. Correct, yeah, yeah. So you've been an associate superintendent before, you've ran a school district, you've led Heartland AEA. In your opinion, what is the role? What, what is yeah. your role in yeah. this school district? Yeah. Well, some people would answer that by saying you've got to be the lead learner, and there are some aspects of that that I certainly uh, would say absolutely. 
Uh, there's so much of learning that always, I hope we're always approaching the job with curiosity. Yeah. And, you know, as a leader, um, asking those deep questions, listening for how is it that we can, as administrators, leaders, superintendent, do the best we can, again, for children to thrive. That is job one. That usually entails, in my experience, how can we support our staff? You know, we can't do the work we need to do without them feeling like they can do their best work. Yeah. And you can't do the job without involving the family and the community. So how do you engage with families and communities in an authentic way yeah. so that you're all rowing, so to speak, in that same direction? Yeah. That's that my primary job. So as far as your you know leadership style goes, uh, how would yeah. you describe it? Yeah. Definitely one that I have appreciated through the years. We can do our best work when we collaborate with each other. So it is very much um, one of trying to help people work together to get their best ideas on the table. Um, I'm hopeful that my leadership style is also one that helps us think about what are the underlying structures and processes along with the information that we need so that as we are acting, we're acting out of intention with a clear vision, a clear purpose, and clear metrics, quite honestly, to know is what we're doing making the difference we hope for? And if not, how can we make incremental uh, iterative changes as we go along? Rather than just thinking this is working or maybe it's not working, how do we know? How do we measure it? Yeah, you know the old saying, um, if you don't know where you're going or you don't care where you're going, anywhere will do. Yeah. Well, our work is too important. We can't leave it yeah. to that kind of a chance. Yeah. So being very clear about what we're trying to accomplish, very intentional about checking how do we know yeah. and what are we going to use, what information is there where we don't have to recreate the wheel yeah. to try to get those outcomes that we're after. You know, I always find the work... The, the to-do lists never get shorter, and the projects never cease, but I always find summer as an opportunity to reflect on, you know, the projects and things that we've done in the past, but also, you know, what maybe didn't go according to plan, because exactly. we always, you know, we can move forward into this next school year, right. and right. it always provides me a sense of optimism of, of going That's into right. the next school year. And last year, you know, was particularly challenging on a, right. on a number of levels. And it's so it's almost it's going to be a little bit of a I don't want to say back to normal because it certainly isn't. But it's, it's always an opportunity to improve. It can be a new beginning yeah. always. And again, um, I firmly believe that people are doing the best they can. Families are doing the best they can, and yeah. together uh, we have a great opportunity to make this a wonderful school year, and that will be our hope. Yeah. Um, so I'm like you, that summertime, it is very busy, very hectic, but I hope it is also that reflective time to think about yeah. what are the most important two or three big things that we can be working on, and how are we gonna do that yeah. uh, in a way that at the end of the year, we can look back and say, yes, we have made this progress, and now here's the next challenge, because the work is never finished. Do you oftentimes take time to to reflect? You know, logistics it, it get in the way of a lot. You know, emails, I got this and that to yeah, do, but sometimes yeah, yeah. you just have to think. 
Absolutely. And that, you know, I am finding that this group that uh, I can't take any credit for, but <laughs> the group of leaders that are in the district that I've had a chance to start to get acquainted with, uh, very much a group of folks that are grounded in their theory and the philosophies and willing to share those so we can all push on each other. Because, yeah. you know, just because we have them doesn't mean they're right. Yeah. Um, but yes, try to do that with great intention. And you're right, it, any given day, um, you're marking things off the yeah. to-do list, but I hope that we are taking time every week to reflect on what are those priorities, yeah. what did we intend to do, what got done, what has to be moved forward, yeah. what has to be changed. Uh, you know, so you try to get those routines set up uh, where you use that benefit of reflective thought. So this next year, there will be an opportunity where a, a tough decision needs to be made. And inevitably, that tough decision, it'll run through, you know, maybe principals or directors, but ultimately it will it will come to, you know, our team and and your table. How how do we make those tough decisions? I hope we always um, help ourselves be curious about what are the multiple points of view? Get up on the balcony. What can I see? What would this aspect of a community or this aspect of a family life, what are the multiple factors? So you get as broad a view as you can. What do we know? We now have a pretty solid base of research in education. There was yeah. a time in my career where I wouldn't have said that. Um, could have been naivete on my part, but um, there, there are things, most of the issues we face there is information to be had. So yeah. have we got ourselves informed as, as much as we can about um, what can be known about this? Yeah. And then you do sometimes just have to make a judgment, hopefully based on some guiding principles of what is fair, uh, what has the best outcome for those involved, and again, have we been well informed yeah. about it? So you use some of those processes yeah. And at the end of the day, what's the best we can do with that situation today, knowing that we get to revisit that over time, and if we made an error, which we will, how can we correct that as quickly as possible? You know, I was just going to say, you know, over the course of, um, I could say a career, but I could probably even say, insert any academic school year, there have probably been tough decisions that have been made that have gone really well and others that, you know, you want to circle back to. But I, I kind of, right. you know, I saw you make like this circle. Yes, um, yes, it, yeah. But that is part of the process, I think. Uh-huh. I, I don't think there's any um, shame in revisiting a, a decision if it necessarily didn't go according to plan. Yeah. And hopefully with some of the big things, uh, you have some time to be planful. Sometimes you do have to make a decision yeah, on absolutely. the spot, which I understand. But um you know, some of the work that has been helpful in my career comes from some of the, the quality work, uh, particularly from Dr. Deming, uh, where you you think about, you plan for what is it you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. You actually do. You learn by doing the work. And then you reflect. Yeah. Here's what we wanted to do. Here's what we did. Here's what we learned. Here's how we're going to adjust. And you never assume that a one-time finishes the work yeah. for the for the big items anyway yeah. I've, I've been a part of a number of conversations where this reminder continually comes up and I'm wondering if 
you know, you have to continue to remind yourself of it in, in that when making a decision, we always think about how does this impact students? You know, right. because right. in many ways, yes, it's a public school system, but you know, it has a large operating budget. And in many ways, it's, it's a large organization and yeah. business, but we always have students at the center of it. But, you know, of course, there are all sorts of the other things, you know, that go along with running a business. And yet uh -huh. at the heart of it is students that are in our buildings that are learning. And do you take time to think about that and just, you know, reflect on it often? Yeah. You know, I hope that that is just a natural for all of us, yeah. that that's always one of the questions we ask ourselves. How does this benefit students? How does this affect students? And then you work out from there. But it is about the student. Yeah. At the end of the day, that is why we exist. That is yeah. our primary purpose. Um, I think a piece that um, I have learned to appreciate over time is that as we make those decisions about students, you need to be intentional, in my opinion, yeah. about what are the structures that are in place to help that student? What are those processes? Again, what's that knowledge base? And it takes all of those base items um, that you have to attend to in order to affect that consistently for all children. But again, my, with my background in special ed in particular, uh, always have been driven by student by student. Yeah. Yes. Is that um, a point in your career that that has stuck with you? I mean, you know, I've heard you say, you know, working in special ed, I worked in special ed for a number of years, yes, yes. and I think about it quite often. You know, it's interesting, as a, as a mom, uh, is, you know, Steve and I have two children that are now grown adults, they're yeah. on their own, which yeah. is wonderful. Um, but it was a little bit surprising to me, I think, as a mother to recognize, even with two children, yeah. They are quite different. You know, they were in the same household, pretty close together in age. And it just reinforced that notion for me yeah. that as humans, we all have different interests. We have different strengths. We have different areas where we need supports to uh, accomplish things. Um, and so that really has been woven into my educational yeah. philosophy. And probably part of the reason I was driven to special ed in the beginning yeah. was that opportunity to truly be able to work student by student by student. But I have found over a long career, uh, it is all about the individual students. Yeah. And then how can we as a system try to put forth the best yeah. for the most, but it, we should be accountable to every single one. Yeah. Uh, it, that's funny in that um, my wife and I, we have twins. Okay. They're, they're nine now. Oh, fun. Uh, so we have a boy and a girl. And I don't remember if I told this story on, on a previous podcast episode, but we went into assembly line mode for a while when they were babies. <laughs> Trying to survive, Yeah, when, when one ate, the other one ate. You uh -huh. know, when you change one diaper, you change two diapers. Just, you know, uh -huh. for our sanity. And uh -huh. then it came a point where very clearly these are two different individuals like you cannot treat them the same and so they, they have the same age you know the the same upbringing and yet right. they are very different individuals yes. and so it just made me think of that when you said uh -huh, that uh -huh. yeah well and i think as uh families we all want the same thing yeah we do but how we're going to get there yeah it's going to by the nature of our experiences circumstances things that we can't control um it's going to require some individualization. Yeah. 
Well, I've spoken with several people who are very excited for you to be here in Ames, and I know it's only for a year, but just having spoken with you prior to this episode, but also on this podcast, I'm just really excited about the perspective that you're going to be able to bring into Ames. And, and part of that's based on you know your experience, but also your personality. And I've, I've already heard just many really amazing things. So to close out, what, what are you most excited about? I am just very excited to be joining the team yeah. and looking forward to the learning I know I will do from benefiting to be here in Ames and just hopeful that together at the end of the time, uh, we have a brand new wonderful leader for mm-hmm. Ames and that we can look back and say, yes, we accomplished a few things that in some small way made a difference for the students that are here. Yeah. Well, I think that's I think that's really wonderful. And I'm excited for the year. Well, it's already started for many of us, but I'm Absolutely. excited for it for it to, I am too. to get here. Although I'm sure many students and, and parents, you know, embrace the summer. We got, you know, another month and a half, but that's it right. will be here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I'm looking forward to meeting as many people as I can and yeah. we just encourage folks, uh, I love to have a chance to hear the different stories from our staff, from our families. Uh, so don't be shy about that either. Well, great. Well, Dr. Paula Vincent, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Amazing Education Podcast. Thank you, Eric.